This is Masonic Muscle, and this is an exercise in speculation and critical thinking. Episode 10, Secret Societies in the 1300s, The Power of Knowledge, and the Trivium. So today I want to talk about what other secret societies were around during 1390, and what special importance can we give to the Regis Manuscript of 1390. I've been talking about this for a couple of episodes, I know. But like I said before, you have to stay on task and not begin to bounce around everywhere because you're not going to derive the greatest benefit from it. So let's get into it. And I'm going to read, I'm going to start off by reading a, a list from a book written by Michael Howard called The Occult Conspiracy. And I know what some of you may be thinking. Caesar, you're not being too scholarly with that kind of research. But I've told you before, I don't care. What we want here is to create a flow of ideas. And sometimes you need to think way outside the box in order to get a clearer picture. And on top of that, for, for you Masons out there, you, you know, we, we are taught that, you know, we... You know, th there were two kinds of masons at one point. There was operative and then speculative at the same time. And then, and then somewhere along the line, we just became speculative. So why aren't you speculating more? I know there's a lot of brothers out there that are. And um, there's been other podcasts created in honor of that. I, I'm just another one. But, well, I can't say I'm just another one. I'm another one. But speculate. And that's what we're doing. But for those of you who are still stuck on the rigorous research and source documentation and all of that, I want to share something with you so you can begin to break away from conventional thinking. Because just like Dan Pena says, conventional wisdom is almost always wrong. And so if we, we can take that into other areas of everything we do. He's not just talking about business. He's talking about overall. So with that, let's dig into it. During the last 100 years, any theory of history or historical evidence that falls outside a pattern established by the American Historical Association and the major foundations with their grant-making power has been attacked or rejected, not on the basis of any evidence presented, but on the basis of acceptability of the argument to the so-called Eastern liberal establishment and its official historical line. That was from page one from America's Secret Establishment. I believe it was written by Mr. Anthony Sutton who was from one of the most prestigious universities. I can't believe, I can't remember if it was Harvard or Yale. And he wrote many books and eventually he went up against the powers that be and he broke away and he continued to write more and more books. But how precise, how concise, he put it right there. And this is the reason why we don't get more facts so that we can be able to think clearly. So forget about the fact that it's making any sense, right? If Big Brother says it's not true, then it's not true. And aren't we always told that the victors write 
the history. They write the narrative. And we tend to forget this all too quickly. And when we start to become all scholarly and, and then most of us do it for convenience, out of convenience. Even with what's going on right now and this virus from unknown origins and we don't know what's going on, you know, we, we tend to just accept what the authorities tell us because then once we do that, then there is no more responsibility on your part to continue to think for yourselves and to continue to research because maybe it might lead down to some paths that you're not comfortable with and you just don't want to accept that, acknowledge that. So now let's get back to the topic. According to the list compiled by Michael Howard, secret societies began way back in, in 40,000 BC. And I think someone like Graham, Graham Hancock, you know, might find that right up his alley because uh, his theory that advanced civilizations were around as early as 17,000 years ago or earlier, according to archaeo astronomical findings, has um, challenged conventional wisdom on, on those topics from archaeology to um, uh, or Egyptology. And, you know, these archaeologists and Egyptologists kind of just shirk that that uh, those theories from Grant Hancock and other people like him, Robert Baval and and Robert Schock, uh, because you know they're they're not part of the establishment, you know they're not part of the the good old boys. So they say, ah, you know you you, you didn't have as much study or as much PhDs as me, so I'm not going to listen to you. They just completely disregard it. So. This shouldn't be much of a surprise to anyone that these uh, secret societies have been around for so long. In the year 70 AD, for example, the foundation of the first Sufi secret societies were founded. And remember, when Christianity first started, it was a secret society. This was an underground secret society in the Roman Empire. And the Roman Empire couldn't figure out where they were meeting because they, they were meeting in the catacombs. They were meeting underground and stuff. Not until the Roman Empire officially accepted them did they begin to flourish. But, uh, you know, they were under attack. They were under surveillance for a long, long time. 900 AD was the foundation of the Cathars, who were directly opposed to the Roman Catholic Church. 1000 AD, heretical, a heretical Catholic, uh, no, heretical Catholic monks found the first Rosicrucian college. There's another secret society, Rosicrucians. Uh, from 1034 to 1124 AD was the foundation of the Order of the Assassins. And 1348 AD was the foundation of the Order of the Garter. And these are secret societies that you probably never heard of. Just like me when I first started researching this. So that just gives you a tiny glimpse into what other secret societies were functioning around this time when the Regis manuscript was written in 1390. And these were, these were just some of the secret societies. Uh, and they all had something in common. They compartmentalized information, guys. Information. Knowledge was the name of the game. And it still is. And just look at our governments and how they keep certain information from us in order to maintain control. Always. The information was the key 
and how to gain access to this knowledge was a well-kept secret. Even among the master freestone masons, they would not divulge their secrets to the novice until he proved that he was proficient in what he had already learned, but also that he would keep those secrets until he took on an entered apprentice mason and trained him for seven years. And uh, during that time, you, you know, the uh, not only the theory was being divulged, but also the practice, how to, how to apply it. For the kings, dukes, popes, and emperors, they got a special education. I think we all understand that. I think we all know that. You know, they acted differently. They, they had etiquette. They knew how to, how to entertain. They played uh, musical instruments. Uh, they traveled to other parts of the world so they can understand you know, different cultures, different languages. But they were not only taught uh, to read and write, but they were also taught the secret power of words and the effect they had on people when used correctly. This is very important, guys, because this is still happening today. And we've been seeing this in, in the news and media, right? How the power of words, and when you put certain words together and then relay them to the people, and then and not only that, but certain times of the day, uh, certain times of the month, what have you, it, it affects us. It has an effect, effect on us. And these companies pay millions of dollars for these marketing companies to come in and advertisement companies to come in that know this and that will help them uh, come up with the best possible times and color schemes and all this stuff to affect our minds so we can go and buy stuff or believe stuff. Uh, so they were taught to think critically and they learned dialectically. They learned through the education of the seven liberal arts and sciences. And this is some of what, this is what the Regis manuscript was talking about in some of in the some of the many pages that that were written in there. The seven liberal arts and sciences were talked about in there as if the Masons were learning this as well. And the first three of these seven liberal arts and sciences are the most important because they teach you the power of the word, but also help to increase the power of your mind. They had a truly clear understanding of this, and they used it with extreme efficiency. The Regis manuscript goes into detail as far as what these seven sciences are and what they are for. But most of these master freestone masons were illiterate. So why are, are they so adamant to be associated with an elevated science and practice like the trivium of grammar, logic, and rhetoric? There still hasn't been a, a, you know, a logical explanation of that. But nevertheless, the fact remains that this, this is what's happening. And all these three sciences, when focused on, really comes down to one thing. It really does, guys, because it's grammar, logic, and rhetoric. And they, come, and they come down to one thing. They come down to when you become masters of this and you learn how to use this, you, you're learning how to learn. Once you learn how to learn, you, you don't need a teacher anymore. You can go about your business and pretty much learn whatever it is you want to learn now because you've learned the basics of grammar, logic, and rhetoric. And learning how to think so you 
you're learning how to learn, learning how to think, not what to think, and coming into possession of a truly open and powerful mind. Because through this learning, you eventually end up breaking away from your own prejudices and biases and, and can truly engage people in conversations without getting uh, too wrapped up in the need and the necessity to want to defend your point of view. You're going to listen and you're not going to necessarily prescribe to their points of view, but you're going to listen and you're going to be able to assimilate. So talk about strengthening your Masonic muscle for both body and mind. And that's what you do when, when you begin to really, really get proficient in learning the trivia. These men had to have had a strong body to work with stones all day long, day after day. This is something that we already think about. We just think about all the cathedral builders. They built the cathedrals, all these castles and what have you. But these, these men worked. They didn't have like a, you know, eight-hour shift. They, they just worked from sunup to sundown, you know, day after day until this thing was built. And many times these uh, cathedrals and castles, it took uh, 40 years, you know, to build, 100 years to build. So you're talking about generations now. So the strength that they had had to have been pretty substantial. And during that time, they must, you know, you're going into the quarries, you're, you're, you're getting the stones ready, you're uh, going to the, the master craftsman and making sure that it, it, is the stone good? Is it all good where I put this? During that whole time, they had to have had plenty of opportunity to contemplate the glorious works of the creation and to begin to realize that they are creators just like God right? They, they, they work this stone with their hands and they can make it into whatever they want pretty much. And they help to create these magnificent, these, these magnificent structures and statues with their skills that could survive for hundreds, if not thousands of years, just like the pyramids and some of the seven wonders of the world, which were made out of stone. You know, the pyramids, we still don't know how old they are, the Sphinx. Um, and if you listen to Graham Hancock and some of these guys that their evidence is pointing that it's way older than what we think. But uh, that's been being said for, for many years, not just now. And so now you take it back to these guys, and, and they're thinking the same thing. And on top of all that, they had a secret ceremony to become fellow crafts, fellows of the craft and get paid their wages for the day. The trivium has been with Freemasonry since at least 1390, and yet many Freemasons don't have a clue of what it's all about. Many lodges don't delve into it and learn to use their minds to critically think about the situations around them. If we had more Masons and people like that, we would not be in the mess that we are in. We would use reason and logic and not fear and intimidation. We would not rely on authorities to tell us what to do and what to think because we would be our own authority because we learned how to think, not what to think. This is Masonic muscle. This has been an exercise in speculation and critical thinking, ultimately strengthening your Masonic muscle.